You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, Mary, both you and I have a lot of control over what we do uh, within our day. And so we both have to, you know, do a little bit of planning. And it seems to me that the plans fall into three groups. The first are the things we would like to do. Uh, And for both you and me, that usually includes read a book. Uh, But a little more usefully, I've got art that I need to hang on the walls down in the newly redone basement here. So things we would like to do. Second, things we know are really important and they would advance our goals. I, I'll resume teaching in the fall. Uh, I really could use to sit and work on the ideas, not just planning, but kind of the context of, of that. I've got some writing that I need to do. And uh, third are kind of those urgent things that you just have to do. For instance, the batteries in our sump pump gave out over the weekend. We have got to get those replaced today. There's like no question whatsoever. I I say all this because I was thinking how much I'm like Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden has got things he would like to do, uh, improve the economy and the uh, pandemic, much like me hanging pictures. He has things of long-term importance, uh, China uh, and the whole strategic uh, Uh, geopolitical questions of that. And then he's got things like the sump pump, and that's Vladimir Putin. (laughs) I love the idea of Putin being a sump pump. (laughs) (laughs) Because unfortunately, I don't think Joe Biden wants to, but that's kind of what he has to deal with right now. Yeah, I think that probably is his list. I think he, I agree that he, really would like to roll up his sleeves and work on the domestic stuff. And to the extent that he's had time to do that, he's done it well, as far as we can see so far, at least on the pandemic, even looks like there might be a little infrastructure deal to be had. And um, I think some momentum on that would be good. We'll talk about that later in the week, but how the progressives feel. And then there is the long-term stuff. I mean, there's the climate change issue, which is huge for him. And he's super committed to that, but it's hard, it's difficult, and it's gonna take some, you know, strategic work, as you said. And then Putin is just a big pain in his rear end, isn't he? Absolutely. And I I mean, I think we have to say that uh, uh, the G7 meeting really did some things on the long-term problems. It appears that the G7 countries are going to do some amount of work, not sure how much, together about China. They seem to recognize some of the problem, although they all have uh, economic and trade investments uh, with China. And, And we're told, and I think this makes a lot of sense, that the European countries, countries throughout the world, are, are happy about Joe Biden. They like the difference in tone. They like where we're going. But they remember that it's really easy for Donald Trump to be president again. 
And so they're not really convinced this is a long-term stance for, for the president or for the United States. And, and that's a problem, isn't it? Sure. But, you know, I was thinking this morning, I saw that Keir Simmons was interviewing Putin. I didn't see the entire interview, just some of it. But when the Europeans say the United States could elect Trump again, well, we say that too, right? Mm -hmm. We can't forget that that was a singular moment in time and the Russians were heavily involved in that. Now, I'm not saying that Trump was elected only because of Putin, but I don't think he could have been elected without Putin. So if we look at Putin as a problem that needs to be resolved, and in a sense, Putin needs to be defanged, is maybe a good way to put it, um, including all the cybersecurity issues, you may minimize the risk of another Trump or Trump-like president. Because I think what 2020 proved to us is that the Americans in general do not want Trump. There's a minority of the population that does and maybe more Republicans than we'd like to think. But I still think that without Putin putting his hand on the scale, you don't have a Donald Trump. And that's an important thing for us to remember because as Americans, we're very quick to beat ourselves up and, and talk about what losers we can, oh my God, we, you know, we elected Donald Trump and our system is a mess and everything else. But over our entire history, Trump's have been unusual if not he was, you know, he was the first, right? Um, that was really that bad. And we've had bad presidents. I don't want to say we haven't. So I um, I think that's not a fear that should stop us from moving forward or should stop the the Europeans from moving forward. But rush, solving the Russia problem is part of helping the United States regain its stability. And they, you know, they owe that to us in the same way we help them with NATO. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, still kind of dwelling on could Trump or a Trump-like uh, be elected next time. One of the things we we have to remember is what seems positively clear to us today is is not going to be the way things are three years from now. I, I have a friend who says about things in general, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen the way you think think it is. And even if we just think back in our recent history, do you remember uh, when Trump was running, even when he's running in the primaries, how many of us said with assuredness, Donald Trump is not going to be elected president? I mean, we were positive. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I remember watching, uh, once we were in the general election, a Saturday Night Live where uh, the Hillary Clinton character, who I think was being... Kate McKinnon at, at the time, uh, just turned to the audience and with a big grin said, I'm really going to win this thing. Things are not necessarily the way we think. Even the Republican Party, as much of a mess as it is right now, there are other things that can happen, not the least of which is that Donald Trump is on trial or has already been found guilty, which changes 
changes everything. So I, I, I say all that just to kind of fortify, and I suspect that in uh, the halls of Great Britain, France, uh, certainly Germany, uh, there are really smart political scientists who are doing much deeper analysis uh, of what might happen in the United States. Exactly. And, and the other thing we have to remember, and this, you know, again, has become such an important issue vis-a-vis -vis the Russians, is as technology changes, you know, so what we did not know about Facebook before Trump was elected and after the election that we know now and yes. social media. So, you know, we learn every time. It's just, you know, the human condition. And part of that is, and I read an article this morning, I think it was in the Post, that the guys who are, these, some of these people are so smart, John, but they're like looking deep and deep into these malware things. And what they have figured out is that the malware, <laughs> the evildoers using malware have in their code that says you cannot attack, the code itself will not let them attack Russian um, entities, Syrian, other allies. So they're set up, the, the code itself is set up to avoid um, hurting the sponsor, which is Russia, is Putin. Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So think about that. So this is the kind of stuff we now know, we find out, you disable malware, there'll be some other kind of thing. But Putin will lose his tools as we put our best and brightest on it to get in the way of him using his tools. So I think all of those things, and we've spent more time on this this morning than we intended to, but all of those things, I'm guessing, just like you did, give confidence to NATO and the G7 that when Biden says we're back, we are. That doesn't mean some crazy thing can happen in the election or they don't like the next president, be it Republican or Democrat. But what happened to us over the last four years, I think we all can have some confidence. It's very unlikely that that happens again. Now, who knows what, you know, those <laughs> those insurrectionists are going to do. But it feels, at least here in the United States, and it seemed from watching the coverage of um, what's happening in Europe, <clears throat> just kind of back to normal. Just we're back to the way that business is done. So let's get back to business here. Uh, I watched yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, those who are not addicted to meet the press may not know this, but occasionally <laughs> uh, you wake up on a Sunday morning and uh, for you and I, I mean, this is our routine. You go watch Meet the Press and you sit down and you find out that NBC is playing tennis. For God's sake, tennis. There. NBC has got all these channels they could put things on. MSNBC, CNBC, Peacock. They could put it on Peacock. But no, when there's tennis, Chuck Todd takes the week off and there's nothing. So, so I was so desperate. I turned to Chris Wallace, a guy I have some respect for, and he had Anthony Blinken on. That was good. Uh, he had Mike Pompeo on. And Mike Pompeo sat there with a straight face and said, well, the problem is in Joe Biden, we have a guy who's really, really soft on Russia. Uh, back when we were there, we being the Trump administration, 
we were the toughest administration on uh, Russia in in history. I oh. guess if you say it often enough, Mike, maybe you believe it's so. But what do you, what are you looking for? What's going to happen? I think Joe Biden uh, has got to be very publicly tough, and I think, frankly, that's the reason there's going to be no joint uh, press conference. Well, did you see Blinken? Um, I think I was saw him CNN and. Uh, I think it was Dana Bash, and she asked him that question. And he stumbled a little bit, which is not really like him. And he basically said, you know, we don't want to have the press conference used for propaganda purposes, which is what, uh, you know, Putin does. I'm not sure I agree with them. I think it's probably good to see the contrast between Putin and Biden and let them fact check each other in real time. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure that that's the right thing to do. Maybe they just don't want to set up the way it happened with Trump last time um, with you know Putin standing there smirking. But I mean, what do you think about that? It seemed to me that's a missed opportunity to show the world that Biden can stand up to Putin, stand next to him and tell the truth. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I can imagine myself, as you know, I frequently imagine myself as a close advisor to the president. <laughs> <laughs> I Like other little boys imagine themselves pitching for the Indians. I think, what if I was an advisor? Uh, I can imagine going conservative and saying no. I, the other part of that is, that might be done to irritate Putin. Uh, you're kind of cutting off some oxygen that I think he mm -hmm. likes. Uh, he likes being up up there. Uh, he likes the opportunity to kind of poke at Putin. You're right, with that kind of smirk on, on his face. Uh, despite that, I think Joe Biden has shown himself to be pretty good in these situations. Uh, you know, maybe you put him there and say, hey, Joe, you know that thing you like to say about don't bet against America? You can use this here if you want. And the president say, seriously, I love using that. <laughs> uh, and, and Mr. President, if you want to, call Putin Jack. You love that. <laughs> I said to him, Jack, you got to quit getting inside of our companies. That's right. I've had enough malarkey from you, Jack. <laughs> Oh, I'd love to see how you translate that, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, his name is Vladimir. It's Vlad, yeah. not Jack. <laughs> Absol absolutely. It's going to be a tough meeting. Uh, I mean, I guess in a way, the meetings at that level are always, uh, always tough. But there are a lot of topics <laughs> because he's got to talk about Navalny, don't you think? Absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely get that. He certainly got to talk about uh, ransomware. He maybe doesn't have to talk about election interference, but I think he'll be inclined uh, to do that. So there's just a wide variety of things they're going to need to come up. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because Biden is, I mean, excuse me, Putin is such a master of whataboutism. Mm -hmm. So the human rights issues, which are significant with Russia and with China as well, right, which is why the European 
are struggling and Biden is struggling too on China. It's a, again, another discussion for this week, but I think that um, Biden cannot get thrown off by that whataboutism because it's true we have issues here, right? George Floyd and all that. But the difference is we are allowed to talk, criticize, protest, and try to fix them. And there is an effort to do that, no matter how painful it is. So it's going to be a great week. I, I look forward to that. And, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, as you know, I, I love puns. Our grandmother loved puns. And Putin just lends himself to it. I'd like Joe Biden to say, are you Putin me down? <laughs> or Putin me on. Ah, that's right. Here's a cracker. Let's be Putin on the Ritz. Ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk to you. All right, bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.